Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. And this week, drivers fight back, a push for unions, and a broken business model. Interesting. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And of course, to help me break it down is Legal Rideshare co-founder and lead attorney, Brian Greening. Brian, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Jared. It's a little snowy in Chicago. Yeah, it's uh, you know holiday weekend. Snow's hitting the ground. It makes, it's going to make for a pretty interesting and uh, festive weekend for sure. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting for rideshare drivers and passengers alike with uh, how the streets are looking. Oh, absolutely. Some good, some bad. We're obviously hoping for the good. So let's uh, let's jump right into it. We're going to jump off with Monday here. Uh, after Uber blocked a recent pay raise, New York City drivers went to the streets in protest. ABC7 New York reported, quote, the protest comes after Uber successfully took legal action to block a scheduled pay raise and fare hike for Uber drivers in the city. So a federal judge has halted temporarily halted a planned 11% pay increase after Uber objected to the raise and fare hikes proposed by the taxi and limousine uh, commission. And one driver said, look, this is how I feed my kids. I, you know, we want Uber to be successful, but we also want Uber to, to be fair and play fair. Um, I, I guess I'm not shocked, Brian. I mean, it seemed like a win. We talked about this, this story last week. It seemed like a win you know, there's a pay pay increase for drivers in New York. They fought for it, and then Uber once again steps up and says, "Nope, I'm going to you know, fight this in court." Yeah, Uber holds on to its money uh, with clenched fists. You know, they don't want to share it. They don't want to pay drivers what they're worth. Uh, for a decade now, we've seen the company uh, blossom and 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 boom. Uh, to success by not paying drivers what they're worth. Um, so it, like you said, this is not surprising. W one thing from this article that really stood out to me was Uber making a statement saying drivers do critical work and deserve to be paid fairly, but rates should be calculated in a way that's transparent, consistent, and predictable. That's about the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard because one of the, the things that we hear about from drivers all the time is how Uber's not transparent when it comes to pay. Uh, you know, we I think everyone would agree if there was some consistency, if there was some transparency, maybe states like New York wouldn't need to establish laws uh, to set pay scales for drivers. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do you think that Uber is going to be able to stall this long enough to win? I mean, do you think do you, in your opinion, ultimately think that the drivers will get this or is there going to be some negotiation in between? Well, certainly, I think there's room for negotiation to try to make this a, a quicker outcome and, you know, expediate the process a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that governments and, and uh, municipalities can decide how they want to tax and how uh, corporations and, and businesses that run in their, uh, you know, in their communities uh, need to pay. And, uh, you know, this goes within the general province of taxation. So I think that if the, if New York really wants to push this and, um, you know, doesn't want to compromise, I don't see any reason why it would be blocked. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, like you said, they hold clench, clench fists. I hope ultimately the drivers get what, what's deserved. But as usual, we'll see. And obviously we'll, we'll report on it. Um, 
Let's head to Tuesday. Instacart's founder is getting sued. Bloomberg reported, quote, the Instacart co-founder was accused in a lawsuit of using stolen trade secrets to create a healthcare startup that was a copy of an existing company. So uh, a guy named Singh, a co-founder of NextMed, collected some of the company's closest held trade secrets under the guise of gathering the information as part of a due diligence for investors. But then uh, they basically use that information to create a company that does business as Sunrise with a copycat website, according to the complaint. Um, and so this is kind of ongoing. Uh, interesting twist. I didn't know he was even doing any, uh, running any additional companies, but <laughs> what, a, what a way to start, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, obviously we'll see how this plays out and, you know, what the facts are. But I can tell you if these allegations are true, um, my legal advice to him would be you shouldn't do that. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it is it, it sounds egregious. It is egregious if it's true. Um, you know, it, it's pretty unbelievable to think that, you know, you could be so blatant about theft. So, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. But but it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. I mean, and we saw a similar situation just with an engineer leaking secrets, uh, I believe, from Google to Uber when they were looking at autonomous technology. And that guy is in jail, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, t you know, taking IP is no joke. And if he's if he's really copycatting or stealing it, that, yeah, that's that's some serious trouble there. Well, and this is serious intellectual property that's worth, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. So, you know, the stakes are high and, you know, we'll we'll see what happens to him. But certainly Instacart um, could be in for uh, some drama if if one of their leaders finds himself you know, sued like he has been here or, or worse, maybe criminal investigations uh, come out of this. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's head over to Wednesday in Boston. So gig workers in Boston revived a push for union rights. WBUR reported, quote, after an election cycle where ride hailing and food delivery drivers rights were originally planned to be on the ballot, drivers for apps such as Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and Instacart joined with labor advocate allies to attempt to reinvigorate calls for a union ahead of the of the new session set to start in two weeks. Um, so basically another point of the driving calls for a union is that the uh, you know, app-based companies can terminate a driver's account at any time without cause. They also said, and we just discussed this, that you know the percentage of the cost of the trip that the ride companies collect from each ride has doubled or tripled so obviously it's taking away from the drivers. So uh, specifically here in Boston, we're seeing drivers, again, pushing, trying to get union protection, saying that we're losing rates and we're, we're getting just, you know, randomly deactivated. So it's, it's uh, you know, something we're seeing all across the country, Brian. Yeah, uh, unionization is something that, you know, kind of, people feel strongly about it one way or the other. And, and I think that's similar in the driver community. You have drivers who some of them really want to be unionized, others who don't. Um, but the bottom line is whichever side you fall on, I think that we can all agree that drivers deserve better protections. And whether that comes from collective bargaining, whether that comes from statutes in uh, states or, or ordinances in municipalities, um, we need to come up with a system that protects basic human and basic um, employment employer uh, rights. So, you know, things like deactivation. In no other forum can you, can you be terminated 
for literally nothing with no uh, transparency, no opportunity to, you know, for due process, you know, there's just nothing. They can flip a switch and get rid of you when you've built your whole life around your employment relationship with the company. Um, things like fluctuating pay rates, you know, Uber and Lyft uh, lean heavily on the idea that these drivers are independent contractors and therefore they're not entitled to know, you know, specifically what they're going to make on any given day. Well, if you're an independent contractor painter, for instance, you get to set your rates and you can decide I'm not going to work because, you know, you've changed the rate halfway through. It, like we saw in the last story, Uber and Lyft are, are changing rates, um, you know, by ride, not even not even changing the rate each day or each month or each year. Some rates for one ride are different than rates for the other. And it's without the predictability um, of the job, there needs to be better protections one way or the other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that this does do, at least what I've seen historically, is uh, when when these drivers come together in big groups and they start pushing for, uh, you know, unionize or being employees or having employee protections, that usually scares Uber and Lyft to at least get to the negotiating table and say, OK, we're not we don't want to do that. But you scared us enough that we'll negotiate some sort of rights for you in your state or city. I feel like th that at least is a, a way to get them moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think you're right. That often happens. Um, the outcomes are usually not overly favorable to the drivers, um, but there are some short-term wins that they can achieve with you know, the threat of unionization. Um, I would really like to see, to see state and even federal legislators require certain minimum standards and maybe that means introducing a new type of employment relationship like somewhere in between independent contractor and full-time employee maybe, maybe we need to redefine work um, in our country um, but something needs to be done to modernize the labor industry with the times that we're living in no absolutely yeah and 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 hopefully they get they get what they want or like you said you know it's not always favorable but I do hope this time the Uber Lyft step up and try to do something. It's just where it's going. It needs to happen. Uh, and let's swing into Thursday. We've been talking about this the whole day about rates and, and changes in, in hikes and blocking it. But uh, so one Lyft driver actually exposed, in his opinion, how Lyft's business model is broken. So Slate reported on what he discussed. Uh, he goes into detail. So he says, quote, after I dropped her off, his passenger, the app revealed my portion of the fare. $16.52. My passenger added a generous $8.96 tip for a total earnings of $25.48. That made it my most lucrative trip that week, but Lyft raked in more than that $42.48 for that ride. So after that Saturday night trip, I started asking my passengers how much they paid and compared it with what I earned. The results were all over the place. I had two trips where I got more than 80% of the fare. I had a couple trips where I earned less than 30% of the, of the fare. Now, he basically said, ever since then, I've been trying to figure out how Lyft could take such a big cut of the revenue and still fail to turn a profit. Lyft says that it lost almost a billion dollars in the first nine months of 2022. The more I've looked into it, the more I've became convinced that's going to take major cost-cutting for Lyft to avoid eventual bankruptcy. I also left asking one question. If after all these years, Lyft and his competitor Uber 
disruption of the old taxi model still doesn't make sense, what is the point? It's a really interesting dive from a from a driver driver's perspective on the numbers and it's really glaring. It, it really is. We see the pitfalls in the rideshare business model um, really exposed through this driver's eyes. You know, a lot of times people don't um, don't understand how much fluctuation there is ride to ride and what the drivers are making and what the company's making. It seems like they haven't totally figured out how to charge and, and therefore profit in this industry. And this driver does a really nice job of laying out um, some of the pitfalls, some of the um, you know, dis- discrepancies, some of the ambiguities, you know, the, the fact that we're more than a decade into this industry and we, and we don't really have some of the basics, like what does the company make per ride? What does the driver make per ride? Uh, things like that figured out. That's not such a, it's not such a great fact to, to uncover at this stage in the game. No, I mean, it, it's, it's really not. And it really makes you wonder wh- what is their motive? Like, yes, we understand they, they really were the f- the beginning of the disruption of tech when they came in the market. And we get it when it started. But when you have these huge fluctuations, and I think the thing that always is really interesting to me is every time that they interview a driver um, about, you know, the fights for higher wages, I you never hear a driver say, look, I, you know, I don't care about Uber or Lyft. I just want to get rich and screw them. They never say that. They always say, we, un- we want these companies to succeed. So we succeed, but they, they got to we got to give at least some of the fair share here. And what we're seeing with one driver is they're really not. And even even if the, even though they're not, they still aren't benefiting enough to keep this wheel moving. I, I just I don't know where we go from here. I really don't. A lot of these companies grew on venture capital and they never really learned the economics of the industry. They just figured we'll we'll charge much less than the taxis. We'll corner the market. We'll get all the customers, and then we'll figure it out. Well, they did step one. That you know, Uber and Lyft have cornered the market. Everybody uses them for transportation needs in big cities and, and and even rural areas. We're seeing now, but they haven't figured out step two, which is how to actually make it work as a business. And, and they're you know coming to to reckon with with that lack of preparedness and um, lack of understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, time will tell and we will see things. Things are, as always, changed by the week uh, in this industry. Uh, before we go, Brian, I'm going to give you the floor before we head off into the wonderful holiday holiday weekend. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we really enjoy doing this and, you know, we're closing out on uh, 2022. Um, it's been a, been a great year working within the community. Um, as the holidays approach, as people are traveling around, um, accidents and injuries do happen. So I just want to remind everyone um, to keep legal rideshare in mind should you find yourself in an accident or injury situation. Consultations are always free. We can help you recover the cost of medical treatment, lost wages, pain and suffering, and any other damages that are associated um, with uh, an incident like I'm describing. So um, find us at LegalRideShare.com. You can hit us up on social media. Um, we are always available and always uh, ready to help. Awesome. Yes, thank you, Brian. And everyone stay safe out there and happy holidays and Merry Christmas. And as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.